believe that it's uh, January 1, 2020. Man, it's unbelievable. Sir? No flying cars, right? You know, that's one thing that they, they predicted that we would have that kind of craziness going on. I remember, uh, watch, I can't even remember, um, I think it was what, Back to the Future, that they predicted by 2015 that we were, I mean, in that video, in that movie, that, they, that we would have flying cars and all that, because he went into the future. It's crazy. And uh, well, now we have, we do have hoverboards, but they have wheels, so... <laughs> They do have some that are not, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy. Second Kings chapter number nine. Second Kings chapter number nine. We're going to start there tonight. And uh, we're just going to jump right back into... Uh, I do have a couple more. Uh, they're, uh, the ceremony, and you guys can follow along there. We did go... We okay. We only got through three verses the other night, so I think we're going to try to cover a little bit more ground today. But you can follow along on the paper. You can uh, follow along in your Bible as well, because there will be some scripture that we'll read that's not on that paper, more than likely. So, all right. <clears throat> so where are we at? This is uh, the uh, the life. Elisha is uh, the prophet. And uh, we're going through the life of Elisha on Wednesday nights. But as we look at this text, Elisha was given a mission to give uh, the, 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 uh, the man, uh, Jehu, that he was going to be the next king of Israel, the next king. And so he was, uh, that was his job to go do that. We've seen that in verse number one through verse number three. He told his servant to go and tell Jehu that he was going to be the next king. The king, that was the moment of the anointing. Uh, and then the messenger of the anointing, which was the young man. Uh, in verse number one, we can go ahead and read it if you will. Just follow along with me there in verse number one. And Elisha the prophet called one of the children of the prophets and said unto him, Gird up thy loins and take the box of oil in thine hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. And when thou comest thither, look out there. Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshai, and go in and make him arise up uh, from among his brethren and carry him to the inner chamber. And then take the box of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and tarry not. So those were the verses that we read last week. Uh, now, understand this. Um, Jehu was, uh, we'll read the rest of it in just a moment, but Jehu wasn't a Christian. Jehu wasn't, wasn't a godly man. So when Elisha's given him this information, he's telling him, go in, anoint him, and leave because uh, you, you have no idea your safety is it. Uh, you're safe. Uh, you have no idea what's going to take place. He was, uh, he was an enemy of Israel. He was, a, he was the enemy. And so as he goes into this place to anoint him to be king, he needs to take care and be safe. Get in, tell him the news, and then get out. You're going to be king. Run. Make haste. Get in and get out. So we see the moment of the anointing was at this time. Then the, the messenger of the anointing, which was the sons of the prophet, he was a son. Uh, he was one of uh, a young man, and he sent him in. Now, 
And this is, this is, we talked a little bit about this or maybe said a few words about it, but I believe one of the reasons it wasn't Elisha going in to tell him was because everyone, hey, Elisha's in town, big news is coming. Uh, send a young man, no one's going to know who he is, no one's going to recognize him, he's not going to be known as the prophet of the Lord. So send him in, tell him the news, and then he can get in and get out, and no big deal's going to happen. But if Elisha come into town, everyone knew no Elisha's in town. What is he going to tell us? So we see in verse number three, he gives him the command. Now it's done. Now let's look at the message. Number three, (coughs) the message of the anointing. All right. So verse number four, so the young man, even even the young man, the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he came, behold, the captains of the host were setting. And he said, I have an errand to thee, O captain. And Jehu said unto which of all of uh, all, which of all us? And he said to the old captain, and he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said unto him, Watch what takes place. He gets him inside. In verse number, in verse number two, you'll see that he tells him to take him to an inner chamber. Take him to a private place. Don't do this out in the open. Don't do this out where everybody can see it. Take him basically to his bedroom or take him to an inner place where not a lot of people are watching what takes place and anoint him to be king. Verse number six, and he arose uh, and he poured oil on his head and he said, what? What, are the, what is the next statement he says? What does he say? Thus saith who? The Lord God of who? Of Israel. I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over where? So he anoints him to be king of, over the people of Israel, over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. Now, I just want you to, we're going to continue to read, but I just want you to grab a hold of this for just a moment. Think about this statement that he says here. He said, I anointed thee to be king over the people of the who? Whose people are they? Whose people do they belong to? They don't belong to Jehu, do they? And they don't belong to the next king, and they don't belong to the king before him, and they don't belong to anybody else but God. God's people belong to God. And so he wanted to, hey, look, you may think that you have control, and you may have have things going on, but ultimately, they're my people. And I am allowing you to rule over my people. So these are my people, and uh, these, are, these are my folks. Now, as well as it is today, there's not one ruler that has ever taken place and been put in place that God did not put in place. You say, what about the wicked king? What about the wicked people? God put them in place. Just like he put Jehu in place, and you'll see in just a moment, Jehu was wicked. And Jehu had, had, had hit what he was supposed to do was wicked. And why God put him in that position was to bring judgment upon Israel. That's why God put Jehu into that position of being king was because of Israel's disregard to what God wanted them to do. They would not bow. They would not turn back to God. They wanted to worship their idols. They wanted to worship this and that. And God says, well, fine, because of your ignorance, because of your disregard to the Bible, I'm bringing judgment upon you. And Jehu's going to be king. And this is what Jehu's going to do. So now we see the message of the king or the message of the anointing. He said, he said, thus saith the Lord. It's the, where, where'd that authority come from? It didn't come from Elisha. It didn't come from, it didn't come from the old prophet in Israel. It came from God. 
Not only did it the authority, but you look at the exalted. Who, who, who did this exalt? Who did this bring glory to when he came in and talked to, the, to this guy? <laughs> it didn't bring glory to him. It didn't bring glory to Elisha. It brought glory to God. This is the statement, thus saith the Lord. Then he poured oil on his head. Why is this guy pouring oil on my head? I've come to visit you. Why are you pouring oil on my head? That doesn't make sense. Wouldn't, wouldn't that make you scratch your, head, scratch your head saying, what is this guy pouring oil on my head for? He says, I'm pouring my, this oil on your head to anoint you to be king. Now, verse number seven. <clears throat> Listen to what takes place. And thou shalt smite the house of who? Ahab. Now, who, who is Ahab? Let's, let's do a little, let's go backwards a little bit. Who's, who is Ahab? That's his master. Okay. Ahab, master. So who, who was, do you, know, do you know who Ahab was? He was king of Israel, right? Who was his wife? Jezebel. Jezebel. <clears throat> Ahab was a wicked man. Jezebel was a wicked woman. She was, she was more, just about more wicked than Ahab. <clears throat> and I will say this too, we've talked about this, but God, God's judgment was coming to Israel after Ahab was about to die. But there was something that took place in Ahab's life. Ahab turned to God and he stayed, God stayed the judgment in which he was going to cast upon Israel because Ahab got right. But God made a promise because of their sin, because of their wickedness, that they would have to face that judgment eventually. So God's judgment did stay, but eventually the judgment came because of Ahab and Jezebel. So let's look what happens here. And uh, verse number seven, that, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For who? The whole house. Whose whole house? Ahab's. Shall what? Shall perish. I want you to think about this for just a moment. All of Ahab's family, sons, Daughters, grandkids, wife, Jezebel, will face the judgment of God because of his wickedness. You say, well, we should never pay for other man's sin. Is that true? Do we pay for other man's sin, yes or no? Absolutely, every day. I'm a, I'm a sinner because of Adam. And you're a sinner because of Adam too. So you pay for the sin of others. Have you ever paid for the sins of a leader? <laughs> well, we're not getting political here. Now, stay on that side, all right? <laughs> I'm just being sarcastic, but literally we have paid for the sins of leaders. And I'm not just talking about political leaders. I'm talking about just in general, church leaders. Have they not damaged? Has, has church leaders who've got into sin, who have messed up God's name, have they not run amok uh, on God's name? Have they not turned people to say, well, I don't want to believe in God. Did you see what that preacher did? Did you see what he did? Has that happened? 
there's people that won't go to church today because, well, that, pre- that preacher that I had or that preacher that did this because of their sin affected those that came behind. Ahab sinned because of his wickedness and because of his, his, uh, the way that he murdered Christians and got rid of them. God says, you're going to face judgment and your children will too, regardless of what they believe. And regardless of whether they've got right or not, they still have to face the judgment. And that's the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto man once to die, once to die. After this is a judgment. So every one of us, born again or lost, we all will face the judgment. So you say, well, I'm saved. I've got Jesus in my heart. I'll never have judgment. You're wrong. If you ever sin, you'll have judgment. And not only this. Now, if you plant something in the ground... Brother Blackie, you do a garden. Does anybody else do a garden in here? I don't do a garden. But how long does it take? You told me you planted black-eyed peas. How long does it take to, or purple-hole peas, how long does it take for them to come up? They coming up tomorrow, or? Well, when I plant, I expect them to be up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. How long does it take them to go? Well, it's, Before you get some fruit off of that thing. Uh, a couple of months, at least. A couple maybe. months? Man, that's a long time. Uh, three, three months, maybe, you know, the, uh, depends what time of the year you plant, the, the temperature. It all has to do with the weather and everything. But, uh. Do you know why it takes a couple months? Because it takes time for it to grow. Mm-hmm. Do you know that if you sin today, you're not going to, more than likely, you're not going to reap the benefit of your sinning tomorrow? Mm-hmm. It may come in a month. Mm-hmm. It may come in a year. Yeah. You know, It'll come. It'll come. Because people think that, well, I got saved. I don't have to pay for all my sin in the past. But guess what? You do have to pay for the sin in the past, even if you are born again, because it still has to come up. It still has to. you, You put it in the ground, and it may take a while for it to come up, but you'll cease that judgment for that. Does that make sense? Anybody have any questions? Statements? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you know, if I understand things right in the Bible and everything, the sins, I can bring judgment upon my kids, my grandkids. Yes. It could, not necessarily on me, but if my sins could affect my family all the way down to great-grandkids. And right. And everything. And that's why I need to be sure that you don't mess up to bring judgment on them because they don't they bring judgment upon them and they're not even know aware of what, right. why and I'm the one that caused that to that's right you know? that's right the sins of our fathers yeah. we will have to uh, and and again you don't know what the payment's going to be you have no idea what the what the penalty is going to be for your sin but eventually someone will have to pay for that I mean you have a big line of debt. Someone has to pay for that, right? Well, it goes into bankruptcy. Well, someone still paid for that. You know, or whatever it is, someone still had to pay for that. And as a Christian, you put something in the ground, you're still going to have to pay for it. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You'll have to reap it. 
You'll have to. Ahab may have got right at the end, but it didn't change the judgment that was coming to him for his family. Let's continue to read. Verse number eight. And for the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and, and left in Israel. All the men is what they're saying. You're going to kill them all. See, Jehu became king so that he'd kill all of Ahab's descendants. But God used him. God used Jehu to bring judgment to the house of Ahab. Verse number nine, and I will make... And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam and the son of Nebad and the like, and like the house of Bashan, the son of Abishai. And the dog shall eat Jezebel and the portion of Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. Can you imagine delivering this to Jehu as he's become, he, he is not, he's not supposed to be king. You understand that there's a coup going on. I mean, he's coming in to tell Jehu that he's going to be king, but Jehu's not meant to be king. Jehu isn't supposed to be king. He's not next in line to be king, but God says, I want Jehu to be king because he's going to bring judgment on the house of Ahab. And this is what I want you to do, Jehu, when you become king, is to kill every one of Ahab's descendants. And then, and then here's prophecy. Jezebel is going to get eaten by dogs and there's not going to be anything left to be able to bury her with because she's going to get killed because of the wickedness of the sin of Ahab and Jezebel. Think about that. And he said that, all right, woo, I'm gone. Get out of here. Because he... who. He knew that if the king heard, he knew if the king, the present king heard that this was going on, he'd kill that messenger. He knew that maybe even there was somebody in, in uh, Jehu's cabinet, Jehu's surroundings, that if they saw that that guy was talking to him about being the next king, they might even kill him. This is treason against the king. Here it is. This is the this is this is the message. But I'm going to say this. <clears throat> this is so important that we understand this as well. Is that the Bible is the Bible and God's word is God's word. And whether people like it or not, it's still the word of God and it needs to be delivered. Look, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But if there's a time that I preach on your sin and it hurts your feelings, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm sorry, but I'm not. You say, why? Because if, the, if it's in the Bible and it's against God's word, then I can't apologize for it. And I shouldn't apologize for it. That's right. Look, if you've not walked away from church like, man... Man, did that guy read my mail? Look, I've been there. Man, did he discuss, was he talking to my wife before I came to church? <laughs> but God places the words to, to God's man to be able to say what needs to be said. Look, 
Know this too, that just because you tell me something doesn't mean I'm going to come up here and preach against it. Right, what, what, if, you ever, if we ever have a counseling session and you talk to me about something, man, I'm not writing it down. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm preaching on next. <laughs> Never would I do that. That's wrong as a preacher. But my goal, Paul said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? The truth shall make you what? Free. Free indeed. What's that truth? Who's the truth? Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth. truth. So who's the truth? Jesus. Jesus Christ. So has the truth made you mad? Has there been a time when he stepped on your toes and it didn't feel so good? Amen. Sometimes it will Amen. make you mad. It will make you mad. But that's when you look inside and say, look, I need change. So the message is important, and the message needs to make sure if it's there, it's there. And that's why I try my best to go through books of the Bible. You say, why? Because God gives me my next text. I'm not picking and choosing, well, I know this guy, he's got this going on, and I know this woman, well, she's got this going on, and I'll pick it and go on this. No, I try to let the Bible direct my, my direction. Because I have hobby horses. I could preach the same sermon all the time. You guys would get tired of it, wouldn't you? Man, we'd be probably looking for another preacher. <laughs> Don't give them any ideas now. But ultimately, it's important that I, I give God's message too. You need to give God's message every time. You preach. Every time. Right. Every time. <laughs> but to get that message, where do I need to go? That's right. To him to begin That's with, right. Let him direct you in what to That's preach. right. Because that messenger that came that day, he wasn't giving his own thoughts. He wasn't telling him, well, well, let me tell you my opinion now. No, he told him God's word and he got out. See the messenger. The messenger, the message, and lastly, number, number uh, four, and we'll be done. The model of the anointing or the manifestation or that manifestation of the, of the anointing. Look in verse number 11. <clears throat> then Jehu came forth <clears throat> to his servants of his Lord, and one said unto him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? They were trying to figure out, <laughs> this guy, that guy came running out of your bedchamber, or running out of your, running out of your bed, uh, the room that you guys were in, and he just went running down the street. I mean, you could just see the dust trail behind him. What's going on in there? Is everything okay? A mad fellow. What's going on? See, what, what was taking place too as well is that they wanted to see what was all that about? Why did he pull Jehu into that inner chamber and talk to him? Because I, normally we go in with him, but we didn't go in with him. Well, listen to what Jehu says. <coughs> and he said unto him, ye know the man and his communication. Hey, Jehu says, you know who it is, and you know what we were talking about. Now, how did they know who that was and what they were talking about? They didn't know. Look at that next verse. He says, and it is false. He said, and they said, it is false. Tell us now. And he said, 
Thus and thus and spake he to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee to be king over Israel. Do you know what he was doing? Do you know what Jehu was doing? He was testing the waters to see what was going to take place next. Because he needed to know the right people to be able to tell. Because he wasn't for sure if he could trust his next man or not to tell him that he was going to be king because he's getting, to overthrow, he's getting ready to overthrow the king. You understand that? So it wasn't, it wasn't a wide open thing and, and everybody was going to accept it. He was going to have to take over the, he was going to have to take over the throne. He wanted somebody on his side. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that, that they, hey, you, you know what I'm talking, you know who he is and you know what he was talking about. <laughs> no, 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 Jehu, please tell me who it was, what they wanted. I'll tell you who it was. He said, thus saith the Lord, and he anointed me to be king over Israel. What? What's that next verse say? They hurried and took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. And then they blew the trumpet and shouted, they blew the trumpets as loud as they could. Jehu's king. He is the next king. He may not understand what's going on. You may not understand what's fixing to take place, but Jehu is king. It man, hey, look, he had to reveal himself as king. But it's not over yet. I mean, there's still some things that has to take place for him to be in that place, but he becomes king. And he carries out God's command to kill every one of descendants of, of Ahab. It's amazing to me. <clears throat> now, I want you to jump forward with me just to, if you will. If you look in verse number 20, I, I'm not going to take time to read this, but verse number 24 is the death of Jehoram. Verse number 27 is the death of Ahazi. And verse number 30 through the end of the chapter is the death of Jezebel. <coughs> look in verse number 36, if you will. Or verse number 35, And they went to bury her, and they found no more of her than, her, than the skull and the feet of, and the palms of her hands. Wherefore they came again and told him, and he said the word of the Lord, which he said by, the, by his servant, Elisha the Tishmite, saying, In the portion of Jezebel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. Verse 37, And the carcass of Jezebel shall be as the dung, as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, and, and so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel. God's carrying out his judgment on the house. I mentioned two things that I'm going to, will be done. I want you to look at a couple of different things. Verse number 13, the Bible says, uh, and they blew with trumpets saying, Jehu is king. Who was their devotion to? Who was, why'd they blow the trumpets? Who was their devotion to? Do you think it was God? Or you think it was Jehu? They believed in Jehu. They wanted him. They maybe even wanted him to be the next king, but they would never voice that opinion. But when Jehu said, "Hey, blow the but man, I'm I'm king. God God anointed me to be king." What they do? They grabbed the trumpets and blew it as loud as they could. In the hey, <laughs> hey, I'm getting ready to overthrow the government. 
I'm getting ready to overflow the king. Let's blow it loud as we can. Now, who, who does that kind of stuff? Someone who is devoted to the guy that they're, they're running, the guy that they wanted to be king. Now, I ask you this question. I'll be done. Where's our devotion to God like that? Because their devotion was to Jehu. Man, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who heard the trumpet. Because they, they didn't blow it quietly. You can't blow a trumpet quietly. Trumpets are loud. So they blew the trumpet and they, everybody, hey, hey, Jehu's king. <coughs> everybody understand that? Where's our devotion to God like that? Shh. I don't want nobody to know, I'm, know, know that I serve the king. Shh, don't tell nobody you saw me at church. <laughs> Is it like that sometimes? I would hope that our devotion to the Lord's a little bit more than, than that. And we'd let people know. It's okay to let people know that you're a Christian. My devotion to God ought to be more than their devotion to Jehu. I mean, they were willing to die for him. You blow the trumpet and say, Jehu's king, let me come kill you. I mean, that, I mean, would you not say, if I'm king and someone else comes rolling around and they start blowing trumpets and saying, hey, he's the next king of Israel, do you know what I'm doing? I'm killing somebody. <laughs> I mean, am I alone there? You going to overthrow me? <laughs> and he was the king was wicked. I mean, he wasn't like he was a godly man. It wasn't like he was seeking after God. So you tell me what he would have done. So that was that tells you how how strongly devoted they were to Jehu. Anybody have any thoughts? Anybody have any questions? True. I mean, the fear or the, or the love towards Jehu even to blow the trumpet. Why would they blow the trumpet? They, they believed in Jehu enough that to let everybody know. I mean, there's been powerful leaders. You, you go back um, to Hitler. Those guys followed him to the death, and he was wicked, and he was evil. Why do they follow him? Maybe out of fear, some out of respect. Maybe some people loved him. It could be ignorance, too. Yeah. Yeah. The depth in which how much he hated people. And Jehu's the same way. I mean, he was a wicked guy. But he was going after a wicked guy. Too. But he was going after a wicked family to bring judgment. And, and again, I go back to what we talked to before. God places leaders in our world to carry out judgment on God's people sometimes. Sadly enough, it will take place again. I mean, the Bible says and talks about the tribulation period. God's going to put somebody in charge that's going to kill every Christian. If you believe in God, they're going to cut your head off. I mean, God's going to put somebody in leadership to do that. 
Now you tell me how wicked he is. Just wait. I won't be around here. You can believe in mid-trib or post-trib, but I don't. I, I'm out of here. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Amen. All right. Anybody? Anybody have any thoughts? Anybody have any questions? Oh, I'm not going to be either. Not going to be around tribulation period. No, I'm not going to be living in the tribulation. No, no. No. Amen. Amen. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Yeah. <coughs> I'll be flying away. That's it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, there are some that don't. And there are some that believe that you get to go in the middle of it. And there are some that believe that you have to go in the after it. <laughs> People that believe in unicorns. I do believe in unicorns. The Bible talks about unicorns. What are you talking about? <clears throat> All right. Anybody? Anybody else? Do you have any questions? You know one thing for the Trinity. God is in charge of everything. Amen. He's in control of everything that goes on. Amen. Right. Amen. And he's gonna get done what he wants done. Amen. <clears throat> and if we don't do somebody else will. And it's gonna be on his time. Yeah. In his time, how his time yes. he wants it done. And how he wants to do it. Yeah. And how he wants to do it. Not how we want it done. It doesn't matter what you want. <laughs> we don't understand it though. I mean, sometimes I'm like, God, I mean, would it not be more simple to do it this way? Am I the only one? Okay, okay. No, no, don't talk like that. Don't even get all super spiritual over there. No, I'm just kidding. But ultimately, I know, I know that I'm not the only one that says that. I mean, come on. I mean, would you not, would it not do this way, this better? But God says, no, 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 I know better. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, them that are the called according to his purpose. Everything works out exactly how God, when God wants it to. End of story. End of story. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The return of Christ, it could be. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, there could. I mean, there's. I, from what I understand, and the things that I've studied is there's not one prophecy left to be fulfilled that needs to be fulfilled for Christ to come in the sky. For the for, for the second return, I believe it could be any time. No, be in the middle of the night. Be in the middle of the day. We've been here for eighty or ninety years. The day will come. The day will come. Hey, I mean, Noah preached for 120. That's right. Noah preached for 120 that, that the flood was coming. I don't believe him. There were people that died. No, he's a crazy man. But the word says a day with God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Yeah. Day. So when you apply that, 
It could be. <laughs> who knows how long it is? Who, who, literally, who knows how, how many days it's been or how long it's been? It's been 2,000 years since, or, or roughly thereabout, that Christ has left this earth. Hey, when Christ rose from the dead, he split time. I mean, and he split time, started time all over again. And uh, from day one all the way to where we're at now, I don't know, it's been over 2,000 years ago that he rose from the dead. And we have no idea when he'll come back. But if the promise is sure and the promise is guaranteed and, and that he will yeah. and he will. And if you will follow the scripture, you will see scripture after scripture after scripture and prophecy after prophecy after prophecy having been fulfilled in times past all the way to where we are now. It's prophecy. Till now. Just now. Yes. <laughs> Till now. Well, they become one nation in what, 19, 1948 is when they became nation again? That was prophecy of the Bible, that, that Israel would become back a nation of God. I mean, prophecy being fulfilled. And uh, so many people, I, there was a guy, I, I think there was a guy that wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Christ Will Come Back in 1988, you know, and they, many people thought that he'd come back in 1993, set up the seven-year uh, tribulation period, start 2000, and it would be the, the millennial reign, and, and uh, then, then people thought Y2K was happening, and Christ was coming then, and Y2K? Shut your computers off tonight because you don't know if they'll turn over. And they thought Christ was coming back. Look, look, you can write it down. Somebody quotes it. Someone says Christ will come back. You just guaranteed he won't. He'll come back this year. Uh, you, if someone really, uh, Christ, look, Bible says no man knoweth the hour nor the day in which the Son of Man will return. Not even Jesus Christ knows. He doesn't even know. So that's why it says, that's, that's right. That's why it says in 1 Thessalonians, <coughs> the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout because he's just finding out the news that he's coming. Amen. He knows that he's coming. He's looking forward to that day, but the day will come when he'll shout because he's excited about coming to get his bride. Amen. Amen. The church. <clears throat> BC, before Christ, AD, after death. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> if you look in my Bible, it has one in time. The dates. You're exactly right. Some of them say four, some of them say six. It's mere speculation. It exactly. is. I'll tell you when he was born. The day. <laughs> Go ahead. The day that he was laid in that manger. That's the day he was born. As far as exact date, there's. They might be able to say, well, it was. Eh. I know when he was born. 
when the Bible, I mean, the Bible doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And the, and the wise, and you know, even at more depth than that, the wise men didn't go to the manger. Okay. I mean, that's the most, every manger scene has three wise men, but the wise men didn't come to the manger. The Bible says the wise men came to the young child and to the house. So, and how many wise men were there? Yeah, right? You have no idea. Have no idea how many wise men there were. That's right. So there could have been one wise, there could have been two wise men bringing three gifts. There could have been 15 wise men bringing three gifts. I mean, you have no idea how many wise men there were. No, you said men. You know there had to at least be more than one, because if not, it would have been a wise man. So. I did a lesson. Amen. 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 Well, anybody else have any thoughts or questions before we go to the house? It's a good start for 2020. Amen. Amen. Thank you for inviting me to come over here. Amen. 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 All right. Let's pray. Let's pray and then you can get him a book. <laughs> Amen. God, I love you. I thank you for allowing us to meet together tonight. I pray each and every one of us will look at our devotion towards you. The devotion they had towards an ungodly man. I would hope and pray that his, their devotion towards him would not be more than our devotion towards you. I thank you, God.